Welcome to Becoming Parents Podcast. I'm Jen Taylor, your host. I am mom of 18, and you can find me on momsrunningit.com. Remember, give a shout out to those who are brave enough to share their stories with us on how they have become parents. Let's dive right in. Welcome to Becoming Parents. Today I'm with Jennifer Pelfini. And what is different about today's episode? Well, several things because her story is a lot different, but what's different is that I know you like physically, <laughs> not just like we followed in social media, like I've hugged you in person and we live in the same town. And that is pretty uncommon for me, actually, that I actually like, oh. I personally know you not just via social media. So welcome. I'm very excited to be here. And um, I really enjoyed meeting you like, you know, meeting you and getting to know you. And we both spell our names with two N's. How about that? I know, I know. Jen, <laughs> two N's. Two N's. Um, <laughs> you, the biggest difference with you or something really unique about you is that you did not become a mom until you were 47. Yeah, that's correct. So I don't like the word reinvention because I think <laughs> that we are just fluid. It's not static. It's not like at 18, you graduate, you decide what you're going to be when you grow up. And that is the end. It's a constant, like our life changes, situations change, where we live changes. So much changes that we just kind of go with the flow. And it's not as much reinvention as it is just doing what's in front of us. I want you to jump in and catch us up on that first 47 years. Like you had a career, you had a life. Did you marry later? you know, was it tough to decide to become a parent later? Just all of that stuff. Catch me up. Oh my gosh. So, um, first of all, I'm so excited to be here and, um, to share some of my story. Um, being an older mom is like a total different thing. I never could have imagined. Um, I actually was married before when I was younger and, um, and then in 1999, I did a huge relocation to California and changed my whole life. Like, so I left my Florida life and my marriage. Um, I wasn't ready for any of that. Um, looking back, very immature and not knowing myself. And so I spent the next 15 years before I met my, my husband now in, in self-discovery, I would say, you know, making a lot of mistakes, doing a lot of things, but mostly um, driving in a career, driving hard in a career. Um, I was yeah. in tech, um, I did startups, I did turnarounds, I did really aggressive type of um, career jobs that um, took all my energy and all my focus, and they were my life. My career was my life. But in the back of my head, um, and at, certainly at my first marriage, I wasn't ready to be a mom. I, I was like, maybe I'll adopt someday. I honestly didn't even think I could get pregnant. Like I had this, I had this I had this thing I would play in my head is that it's really not possible for me to get pregnant. It's not really possible for me to be a mom. I probably will adopt someday. So in my head, I always had that track playing of, I can't get pregnant and I'm probably going to adopt because my career was so important to me. And I didn't have, I didn't have the man after I left my first marriage, which he was a great guy. It had nothing to do with that. It had to do with me and where I was in my life. I'm the oldest of five kids. I, I was in like in a sorority in college. I was always around people, 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 and never alone by myself. So when I moved to California, all by myself, having only visited one time, I was alone for the first time in my life. Mm. And that led to a path of rediscovery in myself and learning more about myself um, that um, to become, I guess, at the towards the end of the journey, more confident 
in myself and who I was and really knowing who I was and what I wanted. But in the middle of that was all this confusion with a, with a very um, bold career, a very aggressive career, um, you know, a very man, a, a very, very male led type of career, male leadership, surrounded by men a lot. And I became really tough and even more aggressive. And um, a lot of things that I, don't, I didn't, I, that I changed, like moving forward. Um, great education, great learning about business, great background, great travel international. Um, I traveled around the world with my jobs and my career. And I work for the top brands in the country. I was very fortunate, very blessed, made good money, all those good things. But I never had that sense of fulfillment that I really was craving and was missing. Um, and so um, I ended up getting married again, not ended up. I decided I actually made decisions versus things happening to me, which is a very um, important part and message in my life. A lot of things I felt would happen to me and I didn't feel like I had any responsibility or accountability for it. And when I changed that track, a lot of things in my life, I changed like how, um, how I treated myself, um, uh, my, my health habits and everything. I started to realize that I had more choices than I realized and more accountability that I needed to take and that I needed to take ownership of and that I could change a lot of things that I didn't think were possible to change because of those tracks in my mind of you're this, you're that, you scored this way, you were raised this way. They were just ingrained in me. And so I had this belief system of I could only be so much and I could only do so much and I shouldn't go past this. You know, I shouldn't go past this. So becoming an older mom, you know, changed all that for me. I think it's interesting when you make the decision to adopt, it's easy to put it off also. Like, you know, you can do it at some point mm -hmm. and it takes all the pressure off of the 2.3 kids on average that women have. and all of that stuff. You don't have to say you don't want a family. You can just, it's, you can put it off indefinitely. That made it, that makes it easy to focus on career. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you had a career that was exciting and was exhausting and fun. And yeah. So, I mean, you know, I don't know what I would have done in that same situation, except that I would have had the same tape playing. I probably can't have kids. I'm not worried. I want to adopt because that uh -huh. was my, you know, uh, we yeah. have similar tapes that played. So you meet your husband. Well, and also another one was the man will yeah. come. When the man comes, everything will be figured out. And then I can have a kid. I didn't, I, nobody ever told me. And I wish, I wish, I, I wish I, someone would have had this conversation with me that I will be very happy to have with women is that you have a timeline to have children. And if that's important to you, you need to respect that and think about that. Nobody said, oh, your time's up. You're not gonna be able to have kids anymore, except for one person. I'll never forget the conversation. We were at a bar having martinis. Okay. And I was like, hey, you know, she's like, you want to be a mom? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, TikTok girlfriend, your time's up. You better do something about that. And I never, I never even thought about it. Like, I was just like, oh, it'll work out. It'll be fine. You know, that kind of thing. The man will come and everything will be great. Right. Like some knight on a white stallion or some crap. So you did meet your husband though, in this time, you had yeah. this incredible career. You're in Reno now and not in Southern California. So 
how did your career and life change when you got married? How soon then you had to decide to have kids. This was a conversation um, and be older parents. So talk me through that section because sister, it definitely changes once you have kids, no matter the age. Yes, it does for sure. Um, well, I met my husband on match and we had a first date okay. and that was our first last date. That was it. Like I met him. I saw him. I was like, this is the guy. Like I, it's just kind of crazy. I just knew. And I made a choice. Like I didn't care what happened. That was the guy. And I was going to marry him because he had everything that I had this journal where I wrote like a hundred things of what I wanted in a person. And they were qualitative, not quantitative. And he checked every box and I was like, okay, well, I met him. Like, that's it. I don't need to see anyone else. And he met me and he was like, well, I met her. I don't need to see anyone else. And um, one of our first conversations was, you know, I want kids. And he was like, well, yeah, I mean, we're old. We're like, we met at 45. So 44, 45, I think I turned 45 a month after I met him. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was on the table from the beginning. It was very clear. That was something I wanted. It was something I missed out on. And I had actually had, um, a miscarriage at 41. And that was my moment, by the way, that I knew that changed for me that I knew I wanted to be a mom. And I didn't know how it would happen because my miscarriage was very traumatic and um, awful. Mm-hmm. And that was when I, when that moment, when I became pregnant, I knew it. I knew I became, I knew I was pregnant. I felt different. My life changed because of it. And when I faced that loss, my life crashed around me for a couple of years. It took me a couple of years to get over that. It was really traumatic. Um, So I already had known that when I met him, I was like, well, this is really important to me. And, you know, and he's like, okay, well, we'll figure out how to make it happen. So we did, you know, Um, and we decided, you know, it was a a year, not even a couple of months after we had gotten married, um, (laughs) we had a series of traumatic things happen. His mother passed away right after we got married. I had a family trauma happen and I just went to him and I said, if we're going to do this, we need to do this now. Cause I don't have time anymore. Like we, right. need, we need to do this. And so we did. And that was our decision that we made and we made it happen. Were you, at what point did you move to Reno? Because there was a career change. Yeah. And I know that that happened. Like a lot of us, every lots and lots and lots of stuff changes. I am a huge advocate that nothing in your life has to change when you become a parent like uh, you or let me rephrase that you don't have to stop doing anything that you did before but it will change and sometimes you make the decision to end the career or change the career because that's no longer the top priority it doesn't have to it's just a matter of what expense to ha- to the kids and to the family and what things are priorities but nothing has to change you just usually want it to change. Like I didn't stop running and exercising because I was a parent, but it looked different. How I did it was different, right? So Mm -hmm. at some point you moved from SoCal to Reno and Mm -hmm. did you do, was that when you got married? Did you change your career prior to getting pregnant or in expectation of having a baby or was it after? So yeah, so we're actually in the Bay Area. So we were in the height oh, okay, of, the okay. craze of the craziness. Okay, it, crazy. Like two hours to get to San Francisco and we were three miles away. Okay, like that yeah. nutty stuff. Like expensive. We were trying to do a home renovation when we found out that we got pregnant. 
we were trying to build like 700 more square feet and we couldn't get approvals. Like everything was just telling us maybe we shouldn't be, maybe we're working too hard to stay in a place that we shouldn't be anymore. And um, actually what happened to me is that right when I got pregnant, I lost my job like the next week. I got laid off. I mean, I was going to say I got laid off. It was, so I had lost my job many, like four times before that. This was my fifth job loss. And this was a company I truly love, but it also was a company that um, I felt that um, I just felt part of that corporate scenario again. And I felt like, what am I doing this for? Um, My husband had faced a tremendous loss of his mother and we were grieving for months and he was an only child and dealing with all of that. And that grief um, that he felt became my grief. And I, we had a hard time functioning, to be honest with you. And corporate America didn't have patience for that. So when I got laid off, I was like, what, what are we doing? You know, and he was like, you know what? You're pregnant. It's a high stress situation in your job. Your career is very high stress. It's a lot of travel. I'm always in marketing and marketing is like usually 70 to 80% travel. It's very high travel. And he was like, you know, why don't you just do what you're going to do when you become a mom, because one of us is going to be staying home and it's not going to be me. So it's going to be you. So why don't you just have your pregnancy and make it good and take care of yourself. And, you know, we'll make decisions later, you know, and you'll be the stay at home mom. So it was like a conversation we had, but it wasn't like a really big one. It was sort of like, am I looking for a job or am I not looking for a job? Right. And we kind of landed on after a couple of weeks of me looking I was like, what am I going to, what am I going to do when I get this job? I mean, sure I can work and keep that going, but that isn't what I wanted anymore. I wanted, I, we worked really hard to have a baby and I wanted to be home for that. I, I wanted to be, I wanted to be in that. And so that was the conversation we had. And then all the craziness around the Bay area, we got to the point where um, we were like, what are we doing here? And we were up in, um, we were up in Truckee and someone said, come look at Reno. And we found Reno and we were like, okay, we're moving. Like we didn't, we didn't have a plan. We didn't have jobs. We didn't, we didn't, you know, make it, it was an, it was more or less like an impulsive change of life decision because we both felt my husband was um, an executive at Deloitte for 27 years. We both felt we both needed to change our world um, for us to be able to be available for the most important thing that was ever going to happen in our life. And we did that. Like it was kind of crazy. I can't even. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So best you decision based- ever. Best yeah. decision ever. So when did, did you move while you were pregnant? We moved after. So okay. we actually bought the house. We actually did this so crazy. I was on eight and a half months and we went up here at Christmas time. We found a house, looked at it three days in a row and came back and, and accepted an offer as we rolled down the hill down to San Francisco and we're like, okay, we're moving. And um, at the time, my my husband had a um, had a medical condition he had to deal with too, um, that was pretty traumatic as well. And so we decided once he once he dealt with that, and I, I was like, I said, we're moving. You know, after this baby is born. And so we decided to move. She was born January thirty first, and we moved in June, middle middle of June. Okay, so you bought Not the house. Yeah, yeah, I did the same thing in Reno. It's tough. So you bought the house ahead of yeah. time and then you could kind of take care of business, relax. You you listed stuff in California, I'm sure, in the Bay. Yeah, 
I wouldn't say relax. Basically, we spent so my my when the baby when Adriana was born, she was the car kid. Like she was the car kid in utero. She was the travel kids. This four hours back and forth. So we would yep. go back and forth every weekend, take some things and stuff like that. And then June, we decided that's it. We're just you know we're just jumping in and moving. We're just selling the house. You know we're just doing all that. We had a couple of house. We had a, his mother's house to sell, our house to sell. It was not an easy. It was right. It was not a. It was pretty complex. It was a lot of stress. It was, you know, it was a lot, it was a lot, Yeah. but I made the decision, you know, for us and said, this is when we're moving. Like we need to start our life here in Reno. And we didn't know anybody in Reno except for our realtor friends who are now really good friends of ours, like work with them in many different crazy ways. God works in amazing ways. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, uh, and we moved and I, we didn't know anybody. Right. It was crazy. You get through his mental condition, the baby being mm-hmm. born, um, sale of two properties, move here. And what year was that? 2018. Okay. 2018. Yeah. So you've ended your career mm-hmm. essentially. Did he get to switch his career to something? He retired. Else? He retired. Wow. What a huge. But not until we got to Reno. So he retired, he retired, he took all, he was very smart about it. He took, I said, you take every bit of your leave. Yeah. You have, because a lot of men don't take their leave. Right. You take all your family leave that you can get and you come back and then you tell them, you know, we decided like, he's like, I'm going to come back and tell them that that's it. I can't do this job anymore. I'm going to move on and do different things. So we both just cut off our corporate ties. And um, for him, it was like hitting a wall. And for me, it was like, I'm a mom. I have no time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, we were in very two different mindsets on how we were going to manage this new challenge. It was very, I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how stressful it was, everything that happened. We were, we were still coming off the grief of losing his mother and um, moving. I mean, all the things that you can have happen, what they say, lose your job, move, um, death, birth, Um, relocation or whatever, birth, everything we had, we had in the course of a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is huge. And it's really stressful. I don't want to minimize that. It's just Uh ending your career to be a stay at home mom. Just that, just Uh like I'm a mom at any age and I'm ending my corporate career. That was really great to be a stay at home mom. That's like a total slap in the face. It's a massive change. So you move here. Well, and also, and also on that note, Jen, the fact that I lost my, that I lost my job made me feel right. terrible that mm. that was my ending in my career. Like Michael left his career in grace retirement. I left my career ashamed. You know, I yeah. felt disappointed in myself that I'd worked so hard and I ended up losing my job for the fifth time did not feel good about myself. I didn't, I didn't feel like I left on a high and it took me a long time to be able to rebuild that story in my head about yeah. what happened in my career to change that playback in my head of you're not, you're not good enough. You know, you didn't, what, what did you do? What did you just spend your career doing? Like, what did you do? You know, what was it for? And I really, I really had those conversations in my head because when I became a mom, I thought I should get a job. I should get a job, be a mom. I should do everything. And it was really hard for me to let go of those corporate reins. It was really hard to let yeah. go. Of oh, I bet. Because uh, I mean, a lot of our validation comes from what we do. It yeah. doesn't matter what it is. And also as a mom, if you work, you're, you're at fault. 
if you're stay at home mm-hmm. mom, you're at fault. Like mm-hmm. it's like seventh grade. You there's <laughs> it doesn't matter what what you look like or what you're doing. It is not going to be right. Mm-hmm. There, somebody's going to shame you for it, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So you know, and st- I was a stay at home mom for a decade, then worked corporate for a decade, and then launched my own business. You know, and it doesn't matter. People mm-hmm. are going to hate you and tell you about it no matter what you do. So mm-hmm. we, as moms, we can't win. The shame and the guilt is real. Yeah. Um, okay. Which leads me to like having a baby changes how you view yourself in a lot of ways, but it shifts your priorities a lot. Um, you can't even tell someone how they're going to feel when they hand you this human that you just created right until it happens and uh you had all these things happening with that and then what you feel like you need to work you feel like you need to do all the things and you shifted that I guess I want to ask you how did you shift it? Because I know what you do and we can shift into this because you do lots of different things. Different things became a priority for you. Mm-hmm. So what became a different priority for you? How did you turn that into businesses? Um, how did you balance that with your daughter? That like that whole thing? Because I know the kitchen became a big deal for you. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where you want to start jumping into <laughs> that because I know enough about it. And like, okay, you had this massive corporate career in marketing, which is a very viable profession mm-hmm. to use as an entrepreneur with your own business, which you have. So there's lots of moving parts in this. So take us through the last four years. You moved here, your daughter's four now, and you're not working corporate. So how did you stumble upon the different things that you did? So um, I will say that um, the hardest thing for me to adjust my mind around was my money is my value. And because my career was pretty, I mean, it was successful, even though it ended on a, you know, on on a, on a low note. Um, I made a, I made good money in my career more. I, I, I was raised very humbly with five children in Midwest, Ohio. You know, we weren't, we didn't have a lot growing up. We had enough, but it was never anything I ever imagined with what I have with my life now. And certainly not my career. So I didn't really have expectations for myself of making a lot of money or being really successful. I just didn't really think that was possible. And that was another track that played on my mind, you know? I'm probably never going to make a lot of money, you know, or probably, you know, and, 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 um, and the man would save, and the man would save everything for me because that's what I needed to be, you know, happy. And, um, so when I thought about what I wanted to do, um, Adriana was about, I mean, so first of all, my life with her was all consuming. I was an all consuming mom when I got to Reno and I didn't know anybody, um, the major thing that changed for me, and this is a true story, is I went to, I think it was like maybe six months in or maybe a year, I can't remember, um, because everything was sort of a blur. I mean, Adriana was on me all the time. I was the only one that fed her. Like she would only, uh, first I breastfed, and then I did it for about six months. And then, um, and she was always finicky. Everything would take one to two hours to feed her. Like and to this day, she's still finicky, but she eats, she's great. But 
just like, it was just time consuming, you know, she would only take naps on me. Um, you know, she slept in the bed beside me. I, I didn't do a good job of getting into the crib right away. So I had major, uh, I, I was attached to that child all the time and I was happy for it. I wish I could play that track back in my mind. I'm glad I have pictures and videos of it because it's such a beautiful experience to have when you, when you can do that. Um, but I got involved in like mom's groups and stuff because I needed to get out of the house, I realized. And I didn't know anybody, I realized. So I joined like Hike It Baby was one of the first things I joined. And I went to these groups very different than most people because I already had I already had a career. I already had like a lot of things that I didn't have in common with a lot of people. And what I had, and after feeling like I needed to run things for a while, because that's how my mind thought, I was like, no, I just need to join. I just need to join and just show up and get what I need from this. I need, I need to be around other people. I need to get out of the house. I need Adriana to be okay. And so I had to change my mind about that too. Like go run the world sort of thing. Like was my mindset. No, you don't need to do that. Just, you just need to be. So anyway, um, when I would look at, when I started to thinking about what I wanted to do, because it kind of like at a two, a two years, we were in the middle of COVID. We've started COVID. Oh yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And Adriana was two or two and a half. And um, just, I was like, you know, I was becoming um, very dissatisfied and, and, and angry, you know, because um, I felt like I did need more of, I, I, she needed more and I needed more. She's an only child. And, um, and I felt, and I started to feel this, um, way awakening in myself, hard to describe, but sort of like, I was like, Oh, maybe I do want to do something else. Like maybe I do want to get a job. So I immediately went to, I need to find a job. And then I just, I I felt like every time I look at a job, I would feel nauseous. Like I'd be like, Oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to leave my daughter. I don't want to leave my husband. I don't want to travel. I don't want to be that person anymore. So I had to gradually get out of that. And the kitchen happened because I started a blog in 2014. One of the times I lost my job called jenmariecuisine.com. And I just wanted to make it a place where I could share recipes because honestly, my grandmother, who was my cooking inspiration, passed away with all her recipes in her head. And in my head, I thought, well, maybe someday I'll have like, you know, I want to share these with somebody and maybe they'll just be out there. So I started this blog with the idea before it was popular, putting pictures of everything I would do. Like I hated the fact that you get a picture at the end and you have no idea how it happened. This is like before right. videos, right? And you're just like, how did they make it? That's so perfect. Like that makes no sense. So my goal was take a lot of pictures of the process and show people how, 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 what it really looks like. So I already had this cooking blog that had no purpose except for my own, um, sense of fulfillment of sharing. And uh-huh. I was in my kitchen cooking and I started feeling like a short order cook and a waitress. And I just got angry and I looked around my kitchen and I'm like, there's so much stuff here that I hate that I, I, that I need some new things. And, um, I attended, this is a craziest thing. I attended a paper chef party online. Didn't even know paper chef was around anymore. And I was watching this thing roll by and I was like, this is a lot of marketing. And I was like, just watching these posts. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, hmm, I bet I could do this. And then I just played this trick in my mind of like, what would happen if I did something like this? And I was like, don't do something like that. Because somebody told you a long time in your growing your career that you can't sell. You can't do that. Like you can't do that. You can only market, you can't sell. I literally had a man tell me in my career, 
that because I never carried a bag, I could never sell. Carried a bag. Do you know what carried a bag means? No. Carry a bag and you knock on doors like a salesman. That's what he told me. Oh my me. gosh. So I believed it. I okay. believed it. And this happened in, 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 in a very important company to me and a very senior leader. And I believed it. And I was the girl who sold fruitcakes door to door as a kid. So don't tell me I can't sell things. But I believed it because I was an adult and another adult told me that I couldn't do it. So I was watching this party at Pamper Chef and I was like, yeah, I can't sell. But then this is where God intervened, I swear. I woke up five days in a row hearing the message, this is for you. You should do this. And on day five, I signed up because I wanted to get some free stuff. I had no intention of selling. I had no idea what I was going to do. And I just jumped in. And that was my trajectory that changed the track I played in my mind because I had to sell. I had to reach out to strangers. I had to figure out how to run this thing. I had no idea to do. And it challenged me in every single way. And then I had to do videos and go live with my two and a half year old daughter who had interrupt me. And I had to figure out how to manage all that. And that was my mind change. The reason what I do, what I do today for in any of my businesses is because I took a risk of not listening to that track that played in my head for so long. You're not good enough. You can't do this. You, you know, don't do it. And I changed how it played in my head. That's it. That's totally it. I had no idea you had the blog for that long. That's so cool. So this I was did. part of kind of who you were as a side note. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it was, I mean, I just, you know, when I get information, I'm like, oh, she did yeah. Pampered Chef and then started this blog. I love the, here's another thing that I don't think women realize that I want to drive home. When you're in the kitchen doing recipes with your two and a half year old getting interrupted, <laughs> that makes the rest of us feel normal. Yes. If you have this curated kitchen and professional video and a nanny in the background, that is not our lives. That is like, that is such a small percentage. So if you had that, like, and it took me three hours to make this recipe and uh, you have no kid around, my kitchen's not perfect and I'm constantly interrupted. And so when we are our messy selves and we're real, people resonate with that because they have messy selves and they're real and they're getting interrupted and they don't have a nanny and a curated kitchen and a professional video crew and three hours to make a recipe. It does well, not that's exist. So that, that's so true because that was why I did it is I, yeah. so in the middle of COVID, I watched Michael, this is my other inspiration. I watched Michael, Michael Simon, who is a okay. chef from Cleveland. Love him. He's from Cleveland. That's where I'm from. And he cooked in his kitchen for 52 days with an iPhone. And it was real. And he got me back to basics because actually when, yeah. before I became a mom, I was the gourmet person. Like if it wasn't eight ingredients, if it didn't have the best, I wasn't interested. Well, let me tell you something that does not fly as you know, with being a mom. So, and, and I started, I, and during COVID I was watching these cooking shows and I, and that's how I became more angry. I was like, this is such bull. Like right. they, they must have 20 people behind there making it look pretty. And I was like, nobody's doing real like Michael Simon was. And I said, you know what? If I do this business, I'm going to do real. There's going to be a kid interrupting me. And let me tell you, Adriana, would, she um, loves mimicking me even at the age of two. And she was she'd be like, she'd have a sideshow. Hi, this is Jennifer Marie Pelfini, Pepper Chef. And I'm going to show you this thing like in the middle of me making something. So 
I had to manage like that whole thing and feel okay with it. Cause I was like, yeah. I got to the point where I'm like, what do I care about what people think about what I'm doing? This is right. real life. And that was my goal. And that's always been my goal with all my businesses is to be as real and as vulnerable as you can be, because that is real life. And that's helpful to people to make them not feel alone. Absolutely. Especially with something like cooking with kids. I mean, mm -hmm. how great. So you have that blog and you have a pampered chef business. Yeah. And then let's, let's end by um, talking about other businesses because you, let me, let me try to go in the order that it's in my brain. Cause that was one, right. That's the pampered chef and the, um, the Jen Marie cuisine. Cause I have all these links in the show notes. And so you still have that blog, you have the Facebook group, you have all of that stuff. And then you also have a marketing website. So mm -hmm. what, what does marketing, what does that business look like? Yeah. So going back to, remember I told you at that our realtor became a really good friend. Mm -hmm. Well, a realtor also um, went to UCLA to be like a film producer and stuff. And when COVID hit, um, our churches were hit really poorly with not having resources and marketing and video and stuff like that. So he jumped in with the Diocese of Reno when it was asked to be a, um, produce um, videos on masses. And um, okay. I brought, I was selling him some Pampered Chef stuff and I went into his office and I said, you know, um, maybe we could work together with marketing, you know, because we had, we had complementary skill sets. So this relationship that started out as you're my realtor and now you're my friend turned out to be, oh my gosh, we could work together. And ever since February of two years, a year and a half ago, I think it is, I, I, I do the communications for the Diocese of Reno along with him. And um, one cool thing about that I want to show you, if I can find it, is oh, this. So I write for this magazine, um, and it's uh, High Desert Catholic, but I wanted to show you this in particular. I don't know if you can see it, it's flashing in and out. I'll have to show you later. But um, one of the coolest things I just recently got to do is to push a um, uh, an issue focused on loss. And we did yeah. a featured story on pregnancy loss that I am so, um, so excited about because it's a topic that people just don't talk about. Right. And especially um, in... in um, and I've never heard talk about in my church my whole life, really. So like, those are the kinds of things, um, changing the, just changing the conversation um, is kind of what I do. And when you were talking about as women, we constantly are evolving. Um, I looked at my kitchen as, a, as I was trans, as I was transitioning my kitchen, I was transforming my kitchen. I was also transforming my career. And so a lot of what I do with my communications is transform that communication conversation to make it more real, more vulnerable, more, you know, um, more touchable. You know, I used to call this thing when I would pitch executives and marketing is like, you need to be approachable, approachable pro professionalism. And there's a vulnerability there that you don't see a lot that people really connect with. So I always try to find that vulnerability um, in people to share their stories. And that is what 
um, my marketing business is about, Rejuvenate Marketing. I also have a hair business, Jen Marie Tresses, which hair products I believe in. But overall, that is something that I just launched, which is called Jen Marie Living, which is where what I'm selling isn't who I am. It's what I believe in. It's more about inspiring women in their careers and in their journey to stop playing that track in their head of, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. Um, I'm not pretty enough. Um, someone's better than me and block all that out and be able to figure out who your true inner self is and feel good about it, regardless of what it is. I don't care if it means a corporate job. I don't care if it means a full-time mom. I don't care if you want to be an entrepreneur. I don't care if you want to start a, you know, a blog talking about your topics, Like, but just do something that identifies you as a person and makes you feel good. And in Jen Marie Living, I have one quote that I will live by, and what you do defines who you become. I truly believe that. And we as women spend a lot of our time as moms and our careers, whatever, letting other things define us and not making choices for ourselves. So that is really what I'm really all about now is trying to help people realize that what you do does define who you become and make good choices about what that is um, based on where you are in your life. Yeah. And I love the based on where you are in your life because it changes and the change Mm -hmm. should happen. You should be this reinvention. No, you should be continuously evolving. And it, it depends so much. Like you guys had changes for health, for, um, being older when you were pregnant for death in the family, like there are all these things that happen that completely change the trajectory that you were on. And that's a great thing. That's a great thing. It's a great thing to make those changes. Jennifer, thank you so much for sharing your story. I really appreciate you so much. And all of the links are below so people can reach out to you. What is the easiest way for people to get in touch with you? Um, I'm going to say, uh, um, uh, gosh, that's a good question. <laughs> it's usually going to say generally living, generally living is my home now. Like that's like my number one thing that I'm using to connect all these things together. Okay. So, um, emailing me at connect, connect to Jen at gmail.com is probably the best way. Um, and then just that website connecting me, connect me socially, you know, social media is a yeah. big thing for all my businesses. Um, and find me there. And I, I mean, yeah, reach out to me. I mean, if I can help anybody on their journey to feel better and good about themselves, you know, I, I'd love to do that. You know, I'm, I'm here for you. Like I'm that girl. I, I, I look back at my career and I look about how many women raised me up and I could count on my hand less than five. Okay. That's sad. That is sad. I want to be one of the 25 in your group, in your, in your team, in your board of directors that looks at you and says, you go do it. This is how you can do it. You feel good about yourself. You're amazing. That's what I care about. 